WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. Welcome to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, Better Homes. I'm here today with... Marsha Talbot, co-hosting with with you. Yes, it's fabulous. Um, just a reminder, you're I'm listening... I'm also from Better Homes. Yes, you're, you're listening Gordon's. to WTVQ <laughs> uh, out so of Orange funny. County in northern New Jersey, as well as WGHT out of Pompton Lakes. Um, we are a call-in show. Our number is 845-651-1110. So if you've got some burning real estate questions that you need to have answered this morning, we're here to help you out. Well, you just want to talk. All right, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> um, today, our big topic... Um, for those in the real estate know that there's been a seismic shift in, in the rental <laughs> landscape here in New York. Um, so we're going to dig into that a little bit. Um, there have been some changes to um, tenant fees, Le- realtor fees when uh, when working through a rental. So we're going to talk about that as well as just kind of highlight and touch base on some of the other um, changes that have kind of been imp- implemented over the last six months. So that being said, how was your weekend, Marcia? My weekend was good. Yes, were you busy good. with the uh, with people or a little busy yeah. with people? Um, and uh, let's see. Yesterday, I sh- I showed some rentals. I talked to clients. Uh, uh, negotiated an offer. So things were good. That sounds like a busy day. Yeah, it was it was totally acceptable mm. real estate day. <laughs> <laughs> I had a busy Sunday as well. I had uh, morning clients. Afternoon clients and evening clients. So we're working our way through all that fun stuff. Um, on another fun note, um, I wanted to share that I just received notification that I qualified for the New Jersey Circle of Excellence in Real Estate Sales Award this year um, at the bronze level, which I'm super excited about. Oh, that's uh, very good. That's yeah. so great. You know, when you're licensed in two states, you know, you're constantly putting a different hat on um, and it's nice to be recognized. Um, in in all the places you work, absolutely, so. and the laws are different, so that that is a challenge and just the pr- itself. And and really, it's the process that's very different. Um, you know, in New York, we are when we negotiate offers, we come to an agreement on price, we do our inspections, and then we move everything to the attorneys. And in New Jersey, as the agent, I'm writing up the contract, which um, then goes right to the attorneys, and they they just kind of make some amendments to that contract I put together, and then. Um, it's a standard contract, correct? As it is a rule. A, correct. But I well, until it gets to the attorneys. Yes. Yes. Then, then it's, you know, sky's the limit. So, <laughs> um, anyway, a couple things. I want to save the date for everybody. Um, we this are, is important. It is important. We are putting together a super fun night of, uh, of line dancing. Dance away your winter blues, right? Join us for a fun night of line dancing. And this is to support the Warwick Historical Society. Um, it is happening on Wednesday, February 26th at 6 p.m. Um, and uh, the Greenwood Lake American Legion um, was gracious enough to allow us to use their space. Um, we have a uh, someone by High Energy Entertainment who's going to come in and uh, manage all the music and stuff. I'm sure there'll be some level of instruction because uh, I hope I, so. <laughs> I think it's going to be a very amusing night without that and uh, or even with that for that matter. Um, anyway, it's a $20 donation. Uh, there's going to be uh, snacks and a cash bar, three or four dollar drinks. Um, and my favorite part of this whole flyer is Western attire is recommended. So, uh, you know, 
Get out your cowboy hats and your cowboy boots. Come oh on down. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. At least your jeans. I have jeans. jeans. Jeans will work. All right. And uh, and and dance the night away. It's going to be great. Again, Wednesday. I have boots, but they're not cowboy boots. Wednesday, February 26th at 6 p.m. And that was at the Greenwood Lake American Legion. So that was my little housekeeping note for the day. Well, I guess if you wear like a kerchief, like those red and white kerchiefs, no? I don't, I, I know that that's like a, like, like a thing that we think happens, but, but I doesn't. don't think that's a real thing. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> Wait, or one of those twirly skirts, which I do not have. Mm-hmm. I, I know the attire actually is quite lovely. It's right. really fun. And I think there's a place outside in New Jersey, not far, that sells that type of clothing. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, at the end oh, of the actually, day, anytime you can... Get up and do something fun. And that's a little tractor. different. And tractor, tractor supply? Might. But no, there's a place that has really the dance clothing. Mm. Excellent. So. I saw the sign. <laughs> let's, let's shift away from, from the line dancing uh, clothing choices. And let's move into agency advisory. New guidance. Not as from, much fun. From the Department of State about um, agent obligations under the new landlord-tenant laws. What does that really mean? Um, a little history. Uh, back in June, there was a new set of guidelines that uh, the Department of State sent out to real estate agents and brokers um, about some changes to uh, the rental. To um, so the lease agreements. Right. Lease agreements, rental laws and things like that. And there are a number of big changes there. Um, a lot of those have to do with source of income. Um, you can't discriminate a tenant based on where their income is coming from. Um, so let's explain that a right. little bit. So if they are receiving monies from the government for various reasons uh, that um, in the past they would ask if you would accept that, that is no longer That's legal. And, that, and, and that just some examples of what that might be. It might be disability or Social Security. It might be um, Section, Section 8 vouchers. Eight, yeah. um, it, uh, Child support, alimony, those are all sources of income that, ha- you know, that are qualifying sources of income. So, so only the total source is considered. You cannot discriminate against, against individual sources. Correct, correct. You can't even ask. Interesting. Right? We can't ask. I think, I mean, I think. They may have to put it in their, um, I'm, this is, I, I this is so do. gray. I, th- I think that you can ask where your sources of income come from. But you can't discriminate against it. you can't it. discriminate against it. Correct. Um, number, the next change was that landlords cannot charge an application fee of more than $20. Um, and that includes your application, your background check, your credit check. Um, $20 is the max you can charge someone to apply. Um, and anything else that you want done, if you can't find someone who can do it all for $20, that's the landlord's responsibility to supplement that. But in, I think that's really because in New York City, uh, people often ask $250 for an application fee. Yeah. But now it's, it's a blanket $20 and, um, you know. And that's real. And I that mean, is. they did. Yeah. And, and I will say, you know, we, our, our, uh, our broker has set up a relationship with a company that will do the credit check and background check for $20. So, um, you know. There are places out there that can accommodate those sorts of searches for a landlord um, at that number. Um, all right, next. We have landlords must give the tenant the opportunity to inspect the premises prior to occupancy and execute a written agreement describing the conditions of the premises. 
So that's sort of like doing a walkthrough prior to moving in to make sure that A, what you thought you were getting is what you're actually getting, right? Mm Because a lot of times you sign your lease before you start moving in. What if what you thought was going to happen hadn't happened yet? Right. The person who moved out hit the walls and all of a sudden there are issues that were not there when you when you went to see it. Correct. So um, this allows for that inspection opportunity um, and also gives that tenant an opportunity to take note of everything. Almost like when you're renting a car, you do that search around your car, right? right? Well, I recommend to people that they should, both the landlord and the tenant, should take a little video so that there's no question on anyone's part. Right. Um, And, you know, I, I would say that in the past I have not been... I've not been necessarily really good at advocating for that to happen, um, but I think that that we now standard standard operating procedure, yeah. right? Because you don't want to, you don't ever want something to come back as an agent and say, "Well, I didn't know I was going to have the opportunity to do gotcha. that. My agent didn't tell me to do that." Um, you know, and that's that's the hard part about staying informed as an agent, right? Is um, you know, it's our responsibility to understand what the law is, even if they change and those changes are new, right. um, and then to find a way to incorporate all of those best new practices into our daily business so that it becomes um, old hat, right? Like it's not a new thing. It's it's just the process. Actually, we're going to watch a webinar this afternoon, which might clarify some of the areas that we, we're we not 100% comfortable yeah. with yet because this happened last week. So Right, some of the changes <laughs> you know, happened Some of the changes, week. so. Um, so we're going to take a minute to hear from our sponsors and we will be right back. This is Christine Koenig with Better Homes and Garden Rand Realty, and I love real estate. I grew up helping my dad fix up his investment properties. That knowledge and experience has fueled my passion for real estate. Licensed in New York and New Jersey, I focus my business in Orange, Sussex, and Passaic counties. Check out my website at christinekoenig.randrealty.com or listen to The Real Real Estate Show. Mondays at 10 a.m. Gem Home Inspections is the number one home inspector for your prospective new home, ensuring great memories instead of repairs. Gene of Gem Home Inspections brings more than 30 years of experience in residential construction plus hardscape and landscape design. Gene's passion also lies in historic restoration and renovation, providing professional quality service, plus Gene is a state certified inspector. For peace of mind with the purchase of your home, Contact Gene on Facebook at Gem Home Inspections. Chris Steritz has been an award-winning associate broker for more than 28 years. Chris's vast knowledge of Orange County ensures that your goals will be met whether you are a buyer or a seller, and she will help with your home inspection, mortgage, and appraisal process. She's also a specialist in corporate relocation, and the home inventory on her website is always current. For more information or to contact Chris, visit chrissteritz.randrealty.com. Hi, this is Alan Fernandez. Join me at the Jazz Getaway with Miles Davis, John Coltrane, and Duke Ellington and more every Sunday at 7 p.m. Hi, I'm Dave Edwards, and I invite you to join me every Tuesday night when we'll showcase a perfect album. I'll start with side one, track one, and we'll play every song in order from the record. A few bonus songs, as well as some trivia, too, right here on WTVQ. (laughs) 
Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. This is Marsha Talbot, Associate Broker, Better Homes and Gardens Rand, co-hosting with... Christine Koenig of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, licensed in New York and New Jersey. I was going to say, and just got a new award. That's so right. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So today we are talking a little bit about all of the new, um, new things that uh, New York State has kind of put out regarding advisories for um, landlord and tenant relationships. And, um, you know, we were just talking very briefly. The first couple of things we covered were, um, you know, source of income protections and application fees, um, inspection clauses that are now in there. Um, but here are some other ones uh, that have kind of come up. Landlords cannot require um, a deposit for security or anything else um, anything more than one month's rent. Um, in the past, it's been, um, uh, in, in New York, it's been deposit of one month, but if you have a pet, it's another month's security. Um, and now there's a lot of questions as to whether or not pet securities can or cannot be collected. I'm under the impression they cannot be. And the compensation may be that you raise the rent a little bit, because if you're accepting a pet, a dog, which, mm -hmm. and most dogs are lovely. I love dogs. Um, can cause damage. So can, and so can cats. And I know, but I love my cats, and they're so good. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's always the case. That is true. Too. So anyway, so point. cats or dogs, crocodiles. You're good if you have if you have a parrot in the cage. I think that birds are, and well, fish are okay. Well, the, the, the answer is this: either way, <laughs> no a, pet deposit. A, a lamb, a, it's it's. I think it's still a gray area, to be perfectly honest. There's, we've gotten conflicting information and no clarity yet. As um, you know, hopefully we will later on the webinar. And and it's it is something that is still in our minds a little questionable. That's correct. Um, but for right now, I am advising my my landlord clients that they cannot collect a pet security until it's clear. Because you know, my job, your job, it's to protect our landlords and and talk about what the law is. And so, if something is gray. Um, I, I don't want to say, yeah, sure, you should be able to do that because if anything else happens, I'm liable for what I just said right. to them. So um, when I'm speaking with my landlord clients, it's state says you can only collect a fee equal to one month, and that includes everything. So um, Also in the past, uh, landlords, and a lot of this is really based on common practice in New York City, right. So, which really is applicable to large buildings and, and not necessarily for the person who might have a small rental, a few rental units or one. Right. But, and, and, but, yet, but they're penalized the same way. That's for sure. Or, um, so another one is a landlord cannot require tenant to pay any part of the brokerage fee uh, to the landlord's agent. And this is the big change. Yes. Um, this is the one that actually just came out two days ago. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, let's talk about what that means. Um, Cause there are a couple other changes we'll go through, but. Um, you know, in the past, if you were um, a tenant looking to rent, you knew that if you were working with a real estate agent, you would be required to pay your first month's rent, your security deposit. Um, and then the landlord usually required the tenant to pay the fee for, um, you know, for the real estate agent's work. I mean, that's usually equal to one month. So, so that's three months. Three months up front. If you had a dog, it was four months. Yeah. Right. So now, 
there, um, there are kind of two things that can happen now, and pretty much only two things. The first thing that can happen is the landlord can agree to pay both the, um, both the, both I guess, agents. The, right, both agents, the full month. Um, the other thing is, right? yep. The other thing that landlord can do is agree to pay a listing agent and offer zero compensation out to the uh, agent bringing a tenant. Um, and in that case, that agent would need to operate with their own agreement with their with their tenant uh, for compensation. So, you know, I I feel like it's gonna. I think that the next couple months is going to be interesting. I do think that overall the area will standardize with one way of moving forward, right? That's always what happens is um, standard business practices start, you know, you figure out what the law is and then you figure out how to implement it best that works for everyone. Um, and it will come to a point where most people will decide to go one way and that's just sort of the way it'll move. Um, so from a realtor point of view, mm -hmm. there is another area that's gray because sometimes we also have the tenant. Right, like dual agent when you represent both. Yes, it is dual agent and every, all parties are, are, it's disclosed to all parties. Who pays what? Yeah, and that's still a gray area. There's no real guidance from the state on that yet. So I've, I've you know, we got our MLS sent out a note to everybody that said- That's multiple listings. <laughs> yes, that said, um, you know, at this point in time, there is no real guidance on, multi, on, on you know, dual agency in a rental, and we suggest you don't do it. Um, however, we also got another note from internally saying if the Department of State didn't want uh, a dual agency relationship to be possible, they would have specified that clearly. So you should be okay to do it. And this is what I'm talking about gray area is, you know, as an agent, my job is to help people. But, you know, I'm, I'm a small business owner at the end of the day, right? I, mm -hmm. I, I'm just me. Um, and if fines are levied against me that that comes right so i'm always going to pick the most conservative interpretation that's out there until something else comes out and that's you know what i mean right because we really are on the on the line um mm -hmm. both from in this case it would be department of state but also yeah. sometimes federally yep you oh. know for well and and not only that from our realtor association as well there are so many different ways that uh real estate agents in today's world can be held accountable um and it's good that we have all of those things. But at the same time, as an agent, you really want to, you know, you have to protect yourself um, from, from other agents, from <laughs> your clients, from, you know, random internet people. It's, you know, you put, really put yourself out there as an agent and you do open yourself up and you have to understand the laws because if you misrepresent something even once, even by accident, it's something that can come back and you have to, you know, go through a long process to clear up a miscommunication. Right. You could be severely penalized yeah. financially. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I personally work really hard to make sure when there are changes like this, I understand what it means. And if there are gray areas, I'm going to pick the most conservative interpretation until it's clear what other options there are. So that being said, if you're looking for a rental right now, <laughs> It's an interesting. If it's her rental call, me. That's if it's correct. my rental call, her. That's correct. <laughs> because but, then we know the the exact law in right. those situations. Right, but it is important to make sure that you're working with an agent that understands the new changes um, and can help guide you through it. Um, and the other thing you need to know is there. You know, you, instead of a full rent, you may be required to pay your agent a half month rent, or in some cases, the landlord will pay both sides. So it's a totally different kind of 
understanding as to what your fees are going to be. It's not right. It's not understood. It's not clear as day. My sense is that it'll end up being 50-50 for most parties, yeah. that the landlord will pay half and the tenant will pay half, which is a bonus to the tenant who in the past paid the full amount. Yep. It's interesting. All right. So let's, uh, we'll, more to come as these things get fleshed out. Let's go with that. Um, so what, what's next on your list there? So next is the landlords must inspect the premises prior to termination of the lease and notify tenants of any repairs or cleaning that must be done and can only keep the part of the security deposit uh, if they provide an itemized statement explaining where they're going to spend the money for the repairs required. Is there a time frame? Um, so there isn't one listed here, but my understanding is that the time frame, um, I think it's 48 hours before. It's, bef it's before the move out. Um, and so, then you have, I think, 30 days to return the money after. Or maybe it's two weeks now instead of 30 days. Right. The other thing is, if there is damage, how do you know it if there's still furnishings? Right. Well, these these are these are the questions. There are some very specific time frames laid out and, uh, you know, check into it. But in the past, it hasn't been that there is a walkthrough of both the tenant and the client together. It wasn't required. Now it's required. Actually, it makes sense. It does make perfect sense. Everyone knows what's and that's why that first step of the inspection is important, because now you're working, walking through together and the landlord is going to say, here's some damage. And the tenants can say, well, that was there when I moved in. What was it? Let's roll tape. Right. Right. So um, it's really this is very much for the protection of the tenant that's more than correct. the landlord. A hundred percent. I think that especially small business landlords who have one um, or two rentals are really going to feel this um, yes. in a different way. And I think probably feel like they've lost some control over their investments. Um, I know that's the feedback I've gotten from my from my landlord clients. Um, you know, when I have a tenant client for years, they felt like they bore the brunt of all of the expenses. And um, sometimes it's cost prohibitive for people to rent. Um, it is. If you're looking at three months. Yeah. And so, your income is yeah. marginal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I feel like I see both sides. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I guess it's probably good that this has been addressed, um, you know, from the from the tenant perspective. Um, but I can see the frustration from the landlord side. And a lot of the reading I've done just says that the landlord is going to incrementally recoup their costs by higher rents. Which will also affect that person. That's correct. But <laughs> incrementally instead of all at once. Right. So um, anyway, landlords, next. Landlords can only charge late payment fees if a rent payment is more than five days late and can only charge 5% of the monthly rent capped at $50. Um, so in there... You can have a maximum of $50 as your late fee, and you cannot charge it till after five days. Um, but there's more to, than what this summary explains in here to this. Um, a landlord has to give written, like mm -hmm. uh, has to give a written late notice um, in order to collect that fee. And it has to be on day five is when that needs to go out. If not, it's a reason for the tenant not to have to pay the late, uh, the late fee. So if it is... Day six, it's not applicable? Gray area. Okay. Because that's fine if you have a large building and you have management. That's correct. As but if I you're said, an individual, very... which is mostly our area, right. that becomes much more problematic. Yes, it's burdensome for, yeah. the, you know, for the landlord. 
Um, we're trying to, we're looking at the whole issue on both sides. And yeah. yes, some is protecting. What it's actually like the pendulum swang all the way to the other side. I don't know. The New York pendulum was already fairly, fairly tenant centric. I don't think so. I, well, if you compare <laughs> state to state to state. Um, right. You have another right, observation and, on and that. I, and, I, and I grew up with um, family who did rentals in Florida. I mean, New York was already really tenant friendly and, and compared to states that are not. Right. Um, think about how long it takes to evict someone in New York. That doesn't protect the landlord at all. No. And now it's even bad, longer. Correct. Is... I mean, th these are all big parts of what being a landlord is in a lot of other states. If you don't pay by the 15th of the month, you're out. Here, you've got three to four months. Sometimes you can defer that for up to a year now. Um, it's very difficult to be a landlord in New York if you're not a big business. Which is one of the reasons we, where the uh, credit check is crucial. Yeah. So um, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. This is Rachel Heiss, branch manager of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty. Are you looking for your dream home? Then choose the best, where we pride ourselves on making your dreams a reality. Our professional agents really listen to your wants and needs and deliver using the latest technology combined with good old fashioned service. Visit randrealty.com for more information. Hudson United Mortgage is the number one mortgage company specializing in residential loans in New York and New Jersey, where Mike Van Mansard is offering first-time homebuyers low down payment options and a mortgage that saves you money and time. Licensed in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut, Mike Van Mansard will patiently walk you through the maze of applying for a mortgage and is available for all your questions. Call Mike Van Mansard now to set up an appointment or for more information, contact Mike at HudsonMortgage.com. Hi, this is David Dirks, the host of the Dirks Outdoor Show. Call in as we discuss everything for the outdoor sportsman every Saturday at 7 a.m. Radio worth listening to. Hi, this is Wild Baby Love. Start your Sunday with me at 6 a.m. and Gospel Tracks. I'll give you the phone number to the faith phone line and the address to the website. All that and much, much more right here on Gospel Tracks with yours truly, Wild Baby Love. WTBQ Periods of light, wet snow this morning will end us in rain showers as we go through the mid-morning. Highs today in the mid-30s. Then for tonight, mostly cloudy. Be some showers moving through once again as we head back into the mid to upper 30s. Clouds will stay with us for tomorrow. We still see some areas of showers moving through. We head into the lower 40s. Partly cloudy with a few showers tomorrow night in the mid 30s. And on Wednesday, sun and some clouds. Looks like periods of rain will arrive by evening and around 40. I'm WeatherWorks' Tony Salimo from the WTBQ Weather Center. I'm gonna make this place your home. Welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Christine Koenig, with Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty out of New York and New Jersey, here today with my co-host, Marsha Talbot. And I'm only in New, in New York, but I do visit New Jersey. You do visit New Jersey. I do, often. <laughs> we, I know we often talk about that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Anyway, the uh, conversation of the day has been landlord-tenant changes to the rules and regulations um, and kind of where people, you know, what the changes are and how they impact people. So uh, we've 
we've hit a lot of the highlights. We got a couple things left that we're going to chit chat about um, on terms of the changes. And then we'll do a quick recap one last time. But next is landlords must give tenants between 30 and 90 days notice prior to lease expiration of their intent not to renew or if they're going to raise their rent by more than 5%. Um, and that like difference between 30 days and 90 days has to do with how long the tenant has been in the unit. Right. So if it's a year, right, it's, it's 30. 30 days. If it's 60, it's two. they've been there for two years, right. and 90 is if they've been there for three years. Right. So, um, you know, and that's a, that's a big difference. A landlord needs to understand, you know, you have to present that, you know, get the intent, present the lease, show the changes, and, you know, you have to prove that you gave them that notice. Um, so it can't just be an offhanded conversation where, because then it turns into he said, she said, right? Um, at the end of the day, you're running a business when you're a landlord, and you need to document everything. It's interesting because I don't believe in the small rental market that people think of it quite as a business. And yet it is. You're yes. Right. Ta- I think tax- they think of some additional income for right. the family. And so that's a much more personal statement than running a business. But I it's know. a business. But it's a business. You're t- I-, I promise you every landlord knows every deduction they can take <laughs> because of their business. Right. Right. But it's still doesn't you know reverberate in their heads the same way i understand i'm being Uh, very kind correct but the state doesn't care (laughs) so treat it like a business everyone uh next if the tenant breaches the lease landlords must act in good faith to mitigate the damages by finding a new tenant as soon as possible um so what does that mean in the past if someone has walked out on a lease maybe um you know the landlord is going to try to hold that tenant responsible for the remainder of the lease. And maybe they're not going to race out to get a new tenant right away because they feel like they're covered and maybe they can take that time to paint and refresh and feel like they're still going to, you know, as a landlord, have someone to hold accountable. Um, Now you have to show and prove that as a landlord, even though there's still a lease term, someone has vacated the property, you need to show you're trying to re-rent it and mitigate the number of months that that tenant that they owe for the back lease correct you you know it's not like they left in they left in january and they owe till june and i'm not going to put it for rent till june you know june 30th and you can't really do that so as long as you show that you're actively trying to rent it out um you know that would keep you covered and you know anyone who's a landlord knows how difficult it is to recoup lost rents when someone moves out anyway i mean you can go to small claims court you can try to you know try to hold them accountable but in general, if someone's moved on, maybe they couldn't afford the rent in the first place. And there's, they have, you know, even if you got a judgment, they may not have the money to fill the judgment. So, and now you're going through a lawyer, right? Just rent it again. It could be illness. There, there's so many other Correct. factors and it may not be something deliberate. It could be something beyond their control, but, but the it, landlord it does is still impa- right, right. It does still impact the landlord. And anyway, point being, your job is to try to rent it back out as soon as you can. Um, And the last item on our list, landlords have a significant um, set of restrictions on their right to evict tenants. Um, And that's a long discussion and it's a little, um, it's a little bit different now, but it has to do with, um, and I think we've mentioned this briefly, that will have to do with, um, they've changed the amounts of time uh, before you can evict someone. how much time you need to give them. It used to be three days. Now it's 14 days. 
um, to let them know that, you know, before you can get a get in front of a judge, um, even once you're in front of a judge, a, a, a tenant who's in breach of contract for non-payment can fight an argument to say, but I can't find something with, around the same price point in the same school district, right? Um, and, a te- and a judge can stay that for up to a year. Um, it's some interesting reading I've done. Okay, I can tell you that in most cases, yeah. we don't deal with that as much. We don't, but we do need to understand the yes, law. Yes, there's no question, and so does the landlord. Correct, and that's where the right, and that's where the landlord at that point in time is working with an attorney. We don't get involved yeah. in eviction process at all, but um, it's important for a landlord to understand what sorts of liabilities they open themselves up to in in New York these days. It's, you know, I think it's it's made someone. It's made it harder for someone who wants to be a small landlord, right? It's difficult. Um, most people do that for a little extra, you know, a little extra money. Um, they take they take on a lot of risk. They're taking on a mortgage. They're letting people into their home that they can't really do too much of a background check right. on, right? Um, they kind of it's it's sort of like a hope and a prayer that you get the right person in there. Um, and Go what I mean is just someone who is going to be financially responsible to you and your property. Um, and now you're in a situation where a lot of that, con- you know, that a lot of that control is not there and the remedies are not swift, right? It's one thing to know, you know what, we were entered into a, a lease, which is a contract. You, you know, my, the tenant has now um, broken that contract, that lease. And but- now as the owner, I don't, I, I have no remedy um, except to go to court. And then once I'm in court, the stay for how long it can take can be up to a year now. I mean, what small yes. what small business what small landlord can financially sustain a year of lost rents? So, it, it the what you really have to be is very careful. You can't be very careful to begin with that the credit check is definitely there. Mm-hmm. That you that you because you can't just refuse people. Because you don't like them, that I mean, that's just you. Right. You, the, listen, it, and it's very hard. The way I advise my clients is, you can you can set some very basic, um, I don't want to call them limitations, but but guidelines. Guidelines. Right? Um, Six eighty credit, right, right. or higher. Yeah, you know, two and a half times your income, your monthly income has to be you know minimum two and a half times what the rent is. These are some basic guidelines that people you know use. As you know, does can this person afford to live here? And you know what I mean. And in terms of protecting themselves, but that source of income is irrelevant, right? That you can set a guideline for it, but you can't. You can't yes or no say what what income you find acceptable or not, right? That's not a thing. The same way you're protected, it's sort of like you know we've been talking about fair housing a long time. It's like fair housing. You can't you can't decide if you want kids living your unit or not. You can't decide if you you know who you allow in and who you allow out, protected classes for religion, age, race, right? All of those are protected classes. Um, and now income is protected as well. Right. And that's how you need to think about it, that that's the big change. You can decide if you don't want pets, That's except if it's a service animal, except if it's which a is not animal. even on the application. Right. And you can decide if for no smoking. So that's, that's about it at this point. Yeah. Um, so it becomes, especially in an, our area where we have limited 
apartments. And and we do not have low prices on our apartments. Yeah. You know, so or or houses. So it's something that we're all working together to to see where we go with it. No, it's too and new. It is too new. And uh, to, as I said, to see what becomes the standard business model for rentals. So, um, you know, I feel like uh, we're going to transition right now into something kind of kind of interesting. Right. Marsh- this is a little bit more fun. Yes. And it, <laughs> so co-living trend is going mainstream. And what that means, it's primarily for younger people um, who really have, may be living with their parents and cannot afford to get their own apartment. It appears it's kind of like co-working so that the common areas, the bathrooms, the kitchens, the living room is common space, but the bedrooms are private. And it appears that more and more young people, it's now mainstream. Um, It's not just one roommate, so they may get, it might be a four-bedroom situation and have four different people living there. So um, in your... College dorms. Yes. It, well, I have a... Expanded uh, from that. My, so my stepson is a college student and he moved off campus and that's exactly what that is. Yeah. They're, the the apartment they rent is six bedrooms, mm-hmm. two full baths and a kitchen and living room. So the common areas are the bathrooms, the kitchen and living room, and they each have their own bedrooms. Um, and I can tell you that was a super complicated lease um, because of how many different signatories were required. Yes. Um, you know, you may be renting to a 20-year-old, but... No landlord in their right mind uh, <laughs> is going to just allow those students to be on the lease. So now you have six sets of parents right. co-signing, uh, co-signing <laughs> and what deposits are due. And um, it's interesting. I know we talk about, well, one of the things we didn't talk about in this lease thing was um, you, you can't get prepaid rent now, right? That's correct. Um, but they say that, uh, and I, a little more further reading, um, it's all about this how the lease. New York State, yes. if they're in another. Correct. It's all, all about how the okay. lease is written. So if the lease term instead of monthly is a year, you can still collect a year's rent. It just has to be written up completely different, right? It's a totally different kind of transaction. That, I just want to um, interject that one of the things we are strongly recommending at this point is have your attorney draw your lease if you're the landlord. Yes, because of how because of how many changes to the law there have been. Um, what used to be a standard lease, you know, no longer no no longer satisfies the law. So you kind of need to make sure you're working with an attorney who truly understands the rental uh, landscape and will draw up that, you know, that new lease effective, um, you know, really February 2020 is the is the most recent changes um, that they would need to accommodate and work into that that lease. So um, if you haven't had one drawn up in the last couple months by an attorney, um, you know, when you have your new tenant, please make sure that you contact a a real estate attorney to do that for you. Do not go online. No. Or to the stationery store and pick up a lease unless it is dated 2020 somewhere. 2020. And even then, because of the new change. <clears throat> right. Although, I, I would be very cautious. Yes, correct. Um, it is. It's a lot. Anyway, so co-living. Um, in there, in your reading, did you see anything about who owns the co-living space? No. This is very minimal. Um, it's actually a page and a half, and right. it just says, it's, it, you know, it's the new trend. Um, and based on the fact that there was WeWork. Right. And actually, they are going to have We Live. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, that's going to, so, so it'll be corporate-owned homes yes. that are broken up. So I like the idea until I found that out. 
<laughs> now, now I'm out on corporate. Not everybody. Corporate owned homes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll know their lease works. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Marcia Talbot, a licensed real estate broker of Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty, specializing in residential, land, and vintage homes. Rest assured that I will make your experience smooth and pleasant and hold your hand through the entire process. As a resident of Orange County since 1976, I know every nook and cranny of this area. Please contact me at marcia.randrealty.com for the best experience in your buying or selling process. O'Keefe and McCann is the only law firm for all your real estate transactions. Founding partner William O'Keefe will patiently guide you through every step, whether you're buying or selling property, commercial or residential, from the first meeting to the closing. O'Keefe and McCann earned their top rating due to their impeccable attention to detail, their dedication to a smooth closing, and the pride they take in their clients' complete satisfaction. They are with you throughout the entire process, ensuring a successful outcome. For the finest real estate attorney, visit omlawteam.com. Hi, this is Grace Warren, a licensed real estate agent for Better Homes and Gardens Rand Realty for more than 17 years. And I'm ready to hear your wants and needs, and then I will help you fulfill your goals. As a full-time residential specialist and longtime resident of Orange County, I know the Orange County market very well, and whether you're a buyer or seller, my priority is your satisfaction. For more information, please visit my website, gracewarren.randrealty.com, and let's get together. Hi, this is Tom Lovelace. Join me and my guest every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. for the Lovelace Music Experience. Exciting interviews and great music from every genre, right here, playing the best music. Hi, it's Tom Fursey. Sing along and relive the memories of the 1980s with me on The Magic of the 80s. Saturdays beginning at 6 p.m. on WTBQ, playing the best music. Magic of the 80s. WTBQ. I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning and welcome back to The Real Real Estate Show. Thank you for joining us. We're going to continue our conversation on co-living trends. That's correct. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at this co-living trend, right? Uh, we were just talking about um, sort of like we work. Um, apparently, they're going to, the idea is to have something like, you know, like we live. So it's corporate owned homes where you're renting a room, but have shared access to the bathroom and the living room and the kitchen, right? Um, on the flip side, it's probably in, like we were talking about college students and, you know, individual landlords do things like this all the time where they're renting rooms rather than, um rather than whole homes um, and kind of break it down that way. Um, and then um, lastly, during the break, Marsha and I were just talking about a trend um, I've seen more and more um, when I listen to like investment radio for real estate. Mm -hmm. um, people are buying larger homes, right? In, in towns, like say Warwick, right? Warwick is a little bit removed from the highways and there's no, um, you know, large size um, assisted living facility that I would say is within five minutes of here, right? Or 10 minutes of here, maybe 20 Shavira. minutes of here, right? Is, I'm not sure where that is. Is it 20 minute drive? I mean, living space individually. Yes. Well, there are senior citizen okay. housing. Right, rentals. And rentals. Yeah, we have, that's true. We have um, that. So, but and, those are for individuals. They're correct. not. They're and, not. We live kind of. Thing. Right, and they right, and right. They're individual rentals. 
So um, I guess there are there's a trend that says, let's buy a large home uh, with, you know, six, eight bedrooms. And as that landlord, instead of renting to six or eight people, they are renting to an assisted living facility. Uh, That's a management situation. uh, Yes, exactly. Like the We Live concept where they come in and they make the home more handicap accessible and they hire someone who's going to be a live-in and then they rent individual rooms to people who maybe need a little assisted living um, but want to still be close to to family. So if someone, you know, wants to have their mom or dad close but mom or dad doesn't want to move in or their home, the home of the child cannot accommodate another person, this is a situation that, that helps bring people closer together so um, as to eliminate some of that like large large scale assisted living feel. Right. It's more personal. It's close. We have um, Mount Alverno, which is assisted living, mm-hmm. but this is just smaller, um, more like a little community home, a right. little family home. And it's just one other possibility as the aging population looks at what's out there for them. Right. And grows, right? We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're hitting an aging population that's growing and growing right now. Yes. So we are. <laughs> yes, we are. So uh, I thought that was we an age int- every day. Interesting trend. Interesting trend. So um, I guess uh, real quick, as we close out the show, I thought um, one other thing that we might want to talk about um, as as we move forward is um, how to help sellers. And it's again a little off topic. How to help sellers work through selling a home through divorce. I think that's um, cogent. Right. I, and I know that I have worked with diver, divorced couples. So have I. Um, yes. And I find that in the initial setup of the deal is most important, making sure everyone is comfortable. We're working under a, an agreed set of rules um, that no one feels that me or anyone else in the transaction is taking sides. Right. I mean, the, these, yes. these are things a very emotional time. Um, and... Uh, kind of looking at some ideas on how to make that happen. So first thing I would say is you want to make sure that your real estate agent has um, all the information for not only your real estate attorneys, but your divorce attorneys, right? Um, My experience has been that during the transaction, there are still court dates for the divorce, um, different agreements that are being signed, um, different understandings that, you know, that are coming to light. Maybe custody has changed or, right? And as an agent, you need to be in the know. Right, because it's not just about selling a home; it's about understanding how the proceeds are being split. And I mean, there's there's a lot that has to go on. And so, making sure that you, that your agent has access not only to your real estate attorney, but to your um, but to your divorce attorneys. Absolute fairness to both parties. Yes, absolute fairness um, and complete communication to both parties. That's you, correct. You you're you are in the middle of a very difficult situation for people. Correct. And you, you really have to be able to have have them have faith in you too. Correct. And in the impartiality of, of where you are. Um, one of the things that this says here is as an agent, you need to recognize that emotion is driving a lot of the decision making. Um, and you have to really find that way to handle a, a couple that may not even be speaking um, or in the worst case, vindictive. Mm-hmm. Um, and really try to be as analytical as possible and and lay everything out um, and get 
everyone's agreement up front to what's going on. Um, another thing is setting, you know, how to, how to set that list price, right? Um, you want to do a market analysis. You want to send that market analysis to both parties and to their real estate attorneys and possibly even to their divorce attorneys. You want to make sure everyone is on board and in agreements that the market number you're giving out is, um, you know, it's a fair market value. So um, you don't get down to the end. You have a buyer and one person is saying, well, I'm not going to sell for that amount. I want this now. I think in very, very contentious situations, you may want to have an independent appraiser. Right. That could be too. Um, not that we don't do a really good job with our market analysis. This is a third party. Right. So it can't come back to you that you favored one party over the other. Um, well, I would say that's only in the case if one party was buying the other party out. Mm -hmm. If if you're if you're out, if you're out and you're selling, if the house is being sold, definitely under those circumstances. Right. So, um, and lastly, uh, the you know, as the agent, really working hard to remain neutral. And again, overly over communication to both parties. Don't have an, you know, don't have one conversation with one side that you don't then fully disclosed to the other side, right? Whether it's questions that are being asked, decisions that have been made, price change needs to be communicated by everyone. Even listing, you know, it has to be signed by both parties. So um, making sure that, you know, you become the, 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 the mouthpiece of that transaction because they're not going to talk to each other. So it's interesting. It's, um, it's difficult as the agent to work through a divorce scenario. Well, I, I do want to mention, because it's that highly emotional, to begin with, under the best of circumstances, yeah. selling a home ha is very emotional. Yeah. And so parlay that with the personal difficulty, it's very hard. Yeah, and it we, is. we all want to be able to help the, both parties go through this at, with as much fairness, equity, just in general make it work the best yeah and and understanding you know it at some point in time it's almost hard not to you know that we're therapists many times during a transaction yes i just not licensed i have to be very careful that's correct it's, <laughs> it's like way worse during a divorce home yes. sale the, the amount of listening and advising that you that you give and what i've really found is that different parties want different things right resolution for them could be different right so on one side it may be maximizing um, you know, maximizing what they're getting back out of the home so that they can take that that chunk of money and, and move forward. While on the other hand, it may be, I want the time to pack up my life in a way that's not chaotic, right? So you have, con you know, you may have conflicting things there where someone, what they really want is a little extra time, right? Can we build another month into the transaction where that may not be what the other side wants? And your job is, again, to communicate these things back and forth because that's all terms of a contract, right? Not only a sale price, but a timing. And so making sure that as the agent, you understand or that you're working with an agent that has had experience working through a divorce scenario so they can know what to anticipate, um, you know, and help advise or try to mitigate the different places where conflict can arise. During Children. That. Yeah. You know, that, that becomes a big issue in terms of somebody moving, who's going to stay in the house, 
Well, is if we're one se- party right. going to buy that? I mean, right. But if we're se- so right. but if we're selling the house on the open market, that those decisions have already been made. Uh, but they can change. I'm sure they can. <laughs> oh, and the only reason I'm saying it is because of the emotional aspects of it. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I like to counsel. I like to counsel people that it that. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but sometimes you need to get to the other side of it, right? It's so emotional while you're selling that home, but when you're finally out of it, and this represents like the last part of 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 a, of a not great experience in a relationship breakup, it gives you a sense of closure to close on the house. It's like it, it's a real moment of of beginning again, Finality, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I try to help people see through see through the struggle of the time by looking looking at what's next, right? You know. We're at a point where you guys aren't going to get back together. Let's look ahead, right? What What's new? What's exciting? Where do you want to be next? Let's get you situated, right? Something to look forward to. As I said, counselor, as well. <laughs> <laughs> We've decided it's just too difficult. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so we're... We're just about rounding up. So can we do one little review yes. of our line dancing? We can. Uh, just a reminder about this really great fundraiser coming up on Wednesday, February 26th at 6 p.m. Um, Greenwood Lake American Legion. And it is uh, $20 a person uh, donation uh, to support the Warwick Valley um, Historical Society. I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. So. Even if you're like, I don't know how to line dance. That's the point. Come on out. It's going to be fun. None of us do, but we're going to we're going to give it a try. Even if you just sit along the wall, it's good and entertainment. And be a wallflower. That's oh right. my god. Just be entertained. So twenty bucks, probably the best entertainment you'll see around. I can't wait to see Marsha in her jeans. <laughs> I am wearing jeans today. You are not. They are those are. black ah. black jeans. She's yeah. got black jeans on. She's got to wear blue jeans to the event. Oh, though. okay. <laughs> I have to go out and buy a pair. Of there blue you go. Jeans. See there now, go. now it's instead 20, of that skirt. Now I want that twirly skirt. Twenty dollars plus the cost of jeans is what that event's going to cost you. <laughs> well, then I have to reconsider. <laughs> anyway, everybody have um, a wonderful weekend. We get it. What I love this time of year, it's light at five o'clock. I know it's great. So. And it's the full moon. Last night was the snow moon. It was a full moon, very, very large, but mm. you couldn't see it because there was a lot of clouds. So look for it tonight. All right, guys. Have a great week.